Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Reputation Matters. I'm your host and founder of Rhino Reviews, Chelsea Craig. And this week, I'm super excited to have on the show founder and CEO Ben Ladani of Creative MMS and Jennifer Greenjack, Director of Marketing. Ben, Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hey, Chelsea. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Chelsea. Nice to see you. Great to see you as well. Um, I have a a true special place in my heart for Creative MMS. They're one of my longest standing partners, and I am just absolutely thrilled to be able to share their expertise, uh, both in digital marketing, as well as strategy, and just overall kind of planning for brands. Um, So Ben, um, if you want to take a moment, I'd love to, in your words, have you describe kind of Creative MMS and the services that you all provide. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So we're a digital marketing and strategy company in Philadelphia. We work very heavily with business-to-business type marketers that are looking to try and reach an audience with content and digital marketing. Uh, You know, most of the time they have a longer sales cycle. And so the content that they put out is not only just to attract audience, it's also to convert the audience and nurture that audience. Uh, Many different industries, not really that industry specific, but uh, work with a lot of companies across the United States and even internationally. So um, yeah. So it's a large group there. Um, and Jen, I wanted to get your opinion, but before we, we hop into my, my quick little intro question for you, I've, rumor has it you like to make jokes. Any uh, joke to put you on the spot? Starting strong with it. All right. Um, what do a group of whales listen to on a long journey? Podcasts. <laughs> Brand, very appropriate, very appropriate. I love it, I love it. Um, that is great. And Jennifer, I know as the director of marketing and kind of putting it all out there, Ben did a great job, you know, giving us the, the B2B space um, in regards to specific industries that you guys are really the experts in. Where does that kind of fall? I, I would say that we work primarily with uh, larger firms, uh, those that are more interested or more involved in, say, finance or uh, I want to say healthcare, but it's not really healthcare. It's more of, hold on, this is where you break. <laughs> back in cue the music think of the exact words yeah so it's more like sciences and healthcare life sciences and healthcare um, business services definitely business services solutions as well as um, finance and lending which I already mentioned those would probably be our biggest ones we also do things with industrial and manufacturing firms but again it's all primarily in the b2b space yeah, it's, it's so true. And I, I definitely want to harp into that because the B2B reputation management is a very different strategy and approach, um, as well as just the way you kind of even present that to your clients than the typical B2C that we all think, you know, restaurants, um, stores, and, and all of that. But before we take, you know, really dive into that, reputation management, it's, I love the term, not only because I work in the space, but because it can mean so many different things. And so I'd love to, in your guys' words and opinion, what do you think, it, what's your definition of reputation management? Yeah, so from my side, I mean, it kind of it kind of breaks out into two different categories for me. One is proactive, the other one is reactive. Um, you know, on the proactive side, and this is where we really recommend stuff because we're strategically advising our partners on their the best digital marketing. And a lot of times, it's to be proactive about gathering positive reviews so that you appear in the best light. I mean. What we really do for companies is make sure that when anybody comes to see them online, that their digital presence is really elevated from uh, even what it might even be for them internally, like that, that they really look the part. And proactive reputation management to me is them going and seeking those reviews online and making sure beyond that, that the site itself, the content that they produce, it all puts them in a better light. 
So it goes beyond just reviews management, it's also reputation. And then that leaks into social media and making sure that their reputation on social media from a review standpoint, from, but also from a what are they saying and what are they posting standpoint, it brings their reputation and their overall presence, which is the word we like to use, up a level. Uh, the other side to me is that 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 reactive kind of uh, methodology, which is more about, oh no, somebody just said something that we don't like online. We need to protect our reputation and make sure that we're addressing what was just said. Uh, or even another proactive is that they said something positively and we want to use that to kind of, you know, for it back into the beginning of what I just said with the proactive and make sure that you're using that to put yourself in a more positive light. So it's really covering all those bases. I love how you explain that too, because basically everything you said all kind of weaves back together, which is so true. I mean, one hand kind of feeds it and, you know, hopefully the reactiveness causes them to in the future want to be more proactive and not in those situations. But I, I couldn't agree, could not have agreed more with all of that. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, and that's why there's, there needs to really be a component that is proactive to be able to handle the reactive and bring it forward. Um, a lot of times what we'll hear is just somebody's not doing anything. And then so when that first negative piece of feedback comes in, they really don't know what to do. How do we respond to this? What do we really do? So somebody like you, especially for as a partner to us, has been instrumental at making sure that we have a strategy of what are we doing on a proactive standpoint, but we're able to uh, adapt to anything that happens on a negative uh, standpoint as well. Jennifer, what, is, what does reputation management mean for you? I think the only thing I would add to Ben's point of view there, which I think was said very eloquently, was that you also have to look not only like with what our client side, I always look at how their clients will perceive it and how they look at things. So I think about like, in this case, the consumer being another business, but how the business is going to react to who they're going to reach out to and how they're going to reach out to them. So it's, it is about the proactive and the reactive, but it's also about just general overall uh, reputation and how are they doing and what are people saying about them and what's the good, the bad, um, you know, we all do it. We all look at reviews of everything that we ever purchase or work with, or it doesn't matter. So it really allows them the opportunity to um, be very vocal about who they are. And in reacting to some of maybe the negative comments, it gives them a, a platform to stand on as well. It might just have been maybe one bad experience and they're able to justify it or, or you know, apologize for it or, or whatever the issue was. Um, but when you look at things and you see, you know, maybe one star and you see a lot of five stars and you see one one star and you immediately gravitate towards the one star, you think, all right, well, this person's either really particular or this was a one off situation or, you know, but if you're seeing the exact opposite, it, it kind of sways you in the other direction. If you're hearing a lot of the same things, you know, it's just not a one off situation. So in yeah. my mind, reputation management is also not only how the business is perceived, how the business is reacting or being proactive to who they are, but also how the consume, what the consumers are saying about them. I love it. And the, and the B2B space, I mean, for me, it's been such a unique opportunity being able to work with you with B2B clients, because I think the way that you approach that is is so kind of in front of trends. As you mentioned, customers are shopping, whether we're looking, you know, flashback to, to 2020 and we're trying to buy toilet paper on Amazon or we're a supplier looking for a new vendor. We all want to know what's the customer service like? What is that lead time like? Um, 
and specific kind of about one of one of your clients that we share together. I'm thinking they're in, they're in the medical this me- medical manufacturing space, and they were seeing on Facebook, you know, outreach at for customers as they were checking in on what is your lead time right now. You know, how is all of that, and being able to be there as a brand and be responsive and in front of that is is a huge advantage. Exactly. So with that being said, I mean, one, one thing that is a little bit more challenging, you guys are experts in the B2B space, as you're kind of talking with your clients, getting them to invest more in the digital strategy, even though, yes, marketing online is not new, it's not revolutionary, that is a different space, you know, getting them to really double down, think differently online. What are those conversations like? How do you kind of walk through those clients to understand it is important how your, you know, how your brand is presented online, the reputation that you're building is just as important as if you were a B2C client. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I'd say is we always start, um, like Jennifer mentioned, with the audience that you're trying to reach um, and really trying to put our clients or we call them partners, but our partners in the shoes of the audience that they're trying to reach to try and have them visualize what it feels like to engage with their brand or to try and find services that they offer prior to even finding a brand. Um, and that's, that's the first step in any marketing really in my mind is to make sure you understand who you're trying to reach with your marketing, because then you can put yourself in that mindset to make sure that you're covering what we call the customer journey of trying to find those the service providers for whatever it is that your problem is Uh, be it through search or be it through social or be it through ads or whatever. And then seeing what that journey looks like uh, is really important. And so one of the things that we do a lot of times is try and explain to our partners, hey, this is the way your customer is going to look for you, right? And let's take you through that entire journey from all the way from search all the way through to maybe they got to your website and found you and then they bounced off of it. How did you get them back with retargeting? What happens once they see that ad? Where do you bring them back in? Is there anything for them to find that's maybe not just picking up the phone and calling you like a white paper or download or some kind of asset? Because in the B2B world, I mean, they may do a lot of research before they actually pick up the phone and call anybody or fill out a form. And so we're trying to explain this kind of marriage or this difference between where are you now with the way that you're currently marketing and what does the customer expect to happen when they go through their experience and really bridge that gap between the two things to make sure that we get a lot closer to the customer. And I think to that point, you also have to look at, as I mentioned earlier, we work with a lot of maybe larger, larger clients, larger B2B clients, and their service offerings are not, you know, um, quick decision purchases. So your, you know, your reputation management really weighs more heavily in some cases because you're being more invested. A a client is going to be more invested in the business or the service that you have to offer. So they're going to be a little bit more detailed in everything that they do. It's not a, I'm buying a $10 widget. It's I'm buying a partnership with this business that I want to do business with for a prolonged period of time. So I want to make sure that I'm going to be working with a team and a culture and have an experience that's really going to benefit you know, me and what my business is all about. So we always think about the, you know, when we, when we talk about the client and the customer journey and the process that they go through, the question that always comes up as we go through that process is, is what's in it for me? Um, what's in it for my business? And these, these little short testimonials, I like to call them almost like miniature case studies, because 
it's that one snippet in time of, of an impression that they have. It's, it's very easily digestible. You know, you can read it quickly and move on. It's not, it's not a four page book that you have to read or an ebook. Um, all that information is great that you're giving them, but this is just kind of that, that, okay, they they obviously seem to know what they're talking about. How do they work with people and how do people, what do people think about them? No, I, I couldn't agree more. You, you have one client in particular, they're a software development client, and you've been great with, it's what you said, these are not, you're not impulsively buying a, a multi-thousand dollar um, development piece. It's not a scrunchie that someone's picking on up on Amazon. And I remember talking with them and, and the owner specifically said, Jennifer told me, you know, reviews are both the first and the final and they'll pull people in, but then someone's really going to sit and read all of these and having this conversation on, okay, how are we using these reviews beyond just that first impression on Google or that first impression maybe on, on G2 or Clutch. Um, and so I love the way that, that you really work with your clients and, and kind of weave those in. So they are part of that, that journey and that story. Mm-hmm. And I think to Ben's point, it's not only external, you've got to look at the internal as well. Um, you know, what is your team saying about you? What is your team saying about the management? Because a lot of people will look at that now as well to understand how do these, how do they work internally? which is going to be a reflection of how they're going to work externally. So I think that's something to keep in mind as well. Yeah, too true, too true. One other thing on that is that with a lot of our clients, one of their major goals right now is hiring. And, you know, that audience specifically does want reviews and those reviews to be internal glass door type reviews, because that's where they're going to try and see whether or not the culture at this company is one of the ones that they want to work for. And it's a very competitive space right now. Anybody that's trying to hire typically is having more challenges now than they've had in the past. One of the ways to stand out is by showcasing that you've got the best of the best in terms of your culture, um, the team that's there, and that the internal team is singing your praises without you having to do it for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'd love to, to ask, so when you're when you're talking with clients, because I know we've had conversations, Glassdoor in particular, particular, um, it can be one thing to see your customers rating, you know, a 1.9 star or something like that, because as an owner, you can kind of in your brain segment that as that was customer service, that was production. When you go on Glassdoor and you see that CEO rating, I mean, there's no question who that's about. The face is right there next to the name. When you're talking with the owner of these businesses, what's that conversation like? Because I have to imagine it's a dagger and something you're trying to kind of tiptoe around, or is it more just cut right to the right to, hey, we need to address this? It all depends on the owner of the business and CEO, how much it truly matters. Um, You know, speaking from personal experience, I've had reviews on there that were very positive and then some feedback that like I took to heart. It wasn't even that overly negative, but it was a public declaration of uh, some degree of how an employee felt. And I really think that it's, you know, it's like any fame on the internet, really, when you think about it, it's like you can listen to people or you could just consider them trolls or you could really kind of be a little bit more uh, introspective about, do I want to be a better leader and a better manager, which is where my head is at and take that as constructive criticism and try and learn and adapt from it. Um, so to my, I don't really think there's a specific answer for any one CEO for all CEOs globally. I do think it's just an opportunity to listen. I mean, like, you know, Jennifer mentioned like basically voice of the customer voice of the employee is important. And so you could use all those reviews to try and get a, an understanding, almost think of like a word cloud around the words that they're using to describe the business, the leadership, the, the CEO, and really try and use those as opportunities to improve or opportunities to address. Well, this is a negative issue because of this fact. 
And here's what we're doing to try and accomplish that. And so the same way you would tell somebody when they get a negative review to respond to it and address it and not just let it go by the wayside, they could do that. And that's typically what we would suggest. I think too, there are those employees, if we're just sticking with internal, those employees that aren't that willing to just jump right out and say what they feel, they're a little bit more introverted and they have more concerns. But if you're looking, you, you know, particularly on reviews on Glassdoor, let's say, you may start to be able to see a theme that runs across multiple, um, a lot of feedback from all the various individuals and they could be in different divisions, depending upon obviously how large your company is. Um, but if you start to see that theme building and you start to see even better, a lot of times people give suggestions as to you know what they could do to change it. And really to, to Ben's note, take that to heart and take action on it. Uh, specifically if it's, I, and again, I keep focusing on like the one-offs. I'm not saying that the one-offs are wrong. I'm just saying that if you start to see a really highly common theme and there are the opportunities to improve that this is something that would be an, uh, a, an important thing to address almost immediately uh, and just you know work on that one thing and then focus on maybe you know the next thing after that sometimes if you look at too many of them it can get a little overwhelming so it's it's tackling them as you need to tackle them and just continue to improve it's such a great point too because the other thing I would say there is that sometimes the things that you hear in the reviews, be it internal issues or even just the negativity that might be out there from a company, it, they are telling the story about why the marketing may not be working. So we have this, uh, this expression in agency world and even in like development and technology, which is you ship the org, which means that all of the issues that you have in your organization and the problems with your process, they get delivered with your products because maybe your planning wasn't as perfect or maybe your QA wasn't, wasn't done right. And so the product reflects that. Well, I think companies, when they're not listening to their reviews, you know, they're not adapting and addressing those issues that are coming to the forefront that cause the problem of them shipping the org. And it's an opportunity to address the, hey, you, know, you have an issue that you're not addressing that you should be that's impacting the ability to convert in your marketing. I mean, really those lines are getting very, like the, the transparency is, probably clearer than it's ever been before where consumers can see exactly what's going on uh, at a company. Um, you know, and if it's not consumers, if it's like a, another business, let's say where there's a marketer that's doing homework on a partnership or a CEO that's evaluating a business service, they could see a lot without having to even pick up the phone. And so making sure that you're addressing that and understanding that, bringing that to the forefront is important. It's so true. Um, I love that phrase too. I've never heard that before. I'm gonna have to steal that. As a marketing agency, you're obviously tied towards leads and results um, and driving that for your clients. Have you ever had a situation um, where someone, you know, one of your businesses has a terrible reputation online, you're providing them, you know, your suggestion that, hey, this is causing an issue with conversions or anything like that, and they're just not hearing it or willing to address it? Put you um, on the spot. If you have, I mean, no, I know you no, have. No, that's okay. No, I, I'm just trying to think through some of the situations that we've had. I mean, uh, you know, personally, back a long time ago, I had somebody ask, you know, hey, if we get a negative review, what should we do? And my attitude was, you have to address it. You have to publicly say something about it. And they disagreed with me. And I said, okay, well, imagine that you're in a restaurant and you serve food at that restaurant and somebody that's eating stands up and shouts at the top of their lungs that this food absolutely sucks. Would you kindly escort them out? Would you, what would you do? 
you have to address it. You can't just let it happen and then just pretend that it didn't. So, I mean, to me, it's, it's a, it's more an education thing about like, it, it feels scary to touch that and not, and do something that feels out of my comfort zone. Um, and most of the times, if we ever have a company that is not on the same page with us, it's more an understanding or it's more of like a, a, um, expectations around like, what do we say? What do we not say from a corporate standpoint, from a compliance standpoint, from a editorial guidelines point of view that stops, that causes the friction and stops them from actually taking the right action. I think it's also the manner in which you respond to them. For example, like if they're, if they're leaving a review on Glassdoor, if they're leaving a review on Facebook, if they're leaving in a review in a public place, Google, you want to make sure that you are somewhat addressing it, but it's oftentimes important to take it offline uh, and to do it in a more private sense. Because again, you want you want the public to know that you are concerned and that you're addressing it. But to Ben's point, if somebody stood up in a restaurant and said, "Okay, I'll paraphrase it that this food stinks," that that you you know you want to, in my opinion, if I was that restaurant owner or the restaurant manager, I would go up. And I would talk to the gentleman, but I wouldn't do it in a way where every single person in the restaurant heard me, even though they just screamed it. It's now the individuals, the other people in the restaurant are seeing that I'm approaching the person, I'm talking to the person, we're making things right, we're doing what it needs to be done, but they don't need to know all the specifics of how it's being done. A lot of businesses, it's hard, especially when it's owner operator to not hop online and go and and get defensive back. But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think 99% of the time, we always side with the customer when it comes to online businesses. They're, they're typically not viewed in the most positive light. So you do really need to be careful on, on how you engage back. Yeah, and we to, there was an example there. So one of our finance companies that we work with that's uh, more in you know finance and banking uh, had re- negative reviews early on. And one of the things that they did is very similar to what Jennifer just said, which is you know publicly say, we're sorry, you're unhappy you know, our customer service team will be reaching out to you directly because they know who it is. It's a public comment. The name's there. They know that they, you know, have an account there and they address the issue directly one-on-one, which in many cases, like, like that's what you would do in a public space in a restaurant. So that sounds like a good, good answer. But, you know, Chelsea, you're the expert. So you tell us what, what should they be doing? Yeah. And, and you hit the nail on the head with that one. If you ever have the opportunity, yes, immediately respond, immediately apologize. Even if it's not your fault, you can play with semantics and say, we're sorry you experienced that, or we're sorry you feel that way. Um, but respond quick and then double, double points for that client right there. If you have that contact information and can call them, the amount of times that when we have businesses that we work with, we see them do that. Um, I mean, Ben, another, another one that you and I shared in the energy space they do do that. We respond within an hour to the review publicly posted and a customer service rep is calling that individual or personally following up with an email. We were able to change them from a, I think they had 32 reviews and a 1.9 star rating to they've crossed over 250 reviews now and are almost at a 4.3 because people would write these one star reviews. They'd get that customer service touch point. And then they're going back in and saying, wow, I had a bad experience, but you know, Joe from support called me immediately. And, and if you can win back a negative customer, you've really got someone for life now. But so one of my, my favorite things about creative um, is you guys not only, you know, push this with, with your own clients, but you actually walk the talk. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, you seek out reviews and, and testimonials from your current clients, both 
um, too, as Jennifer, as you mentioned, kind of that, that case study living story, but also actively seeking that feedback, you know, digging deeper and understanding how as a, as a brand, you guys can continue to, to grow and, and provide the, the top level of service that you are providing for your clients. Um, would you be able to kind of like walk me through how is focusing on your own reputation, um, what that process has been like, the, the pros, the cons, um, and how all of that's been? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so you've been instrumental in that, first of all. I mean, I think, um, you know, to tell the story of that, we met at a uh, kind of a networking event where you were, you know, talking about how important reviews are. And, you know, I, we believe the same things, Chelsea, obviously, you know, we, we know that from working together for this long, but just hearing that and believing in it, um, I think it was really important to sculpt kind of the plan with you directly on a, well, what are these reviews going to do for the overall goal of the business and why are they going to help and what are they going to, what are they going to do to help? And so that led us down the path of saying, okay, well, our goal for our reviews is not truly SEO or to find new people. It really is so that when people are, you know, seeing proposals from us and from two others, that they have a clear, transparent glimpse of what it's like to work with us by bringing our client reviews to the forefront. We know we're good at what we do, but I feel like when we're pitching work, it's very hard to win it against somebody that might be saying that they're great, but can't show it. And so let's put our money where our mouth is and have our clients you know, give us positive reviews when they have a great experience to the point where we can leverage those in our own marketing and beyond in terms of just the, the ability to say, uh, you know, hey, we put a proposal out there, but feel free to do your homework and check us out online. So that was the goal. Um, and then we set metrics towards that goal, which I think is another very important thing that we did early on, which was, hey, we want to get to X number of reviews and we want to maintain this star rating and we want to get these reviews on specifically this one network, which that was the other thing that was huge for us. We did it on Clutch as an agency. Clutch is like one of the best places to make sure that you're focusing some efforts on reviews and your, you know, not only just case studies, but content about the services you provide. And, you know, it really comes up in terms of the rankings when people look for that, but it's also a good way when people are searching for whether or not they want to work with an agency like yours, you can leverage those clutch reviews to put on the forefront of your website and your proposals and other places. And so uh, align, I would say it's aligning on the goal and what it was that we were looking to accomplish. It was then making sure that we had a clear metric towards that. And it was really hyper-focused, getting very gritty in a certain direction about that, you know, one network we really cared about. And over time now, we've switched the network that we want to work on because we've made some progress on one of them. Uh, but I think that's the other problem is, you know, people send out these mass app emails saying to their customers saying, review us on any one of these six different places. And then the person that gets that email is just like, I don't know which one you really want, so I'm going to do nothing. So we believe in these like very clear, you know, concise calls to action, asking somebody to do one thing. Uh, but what would you add to that, Jennifer? Uh, the only other thing I would add is really to make sure that you're focusing where your audience is um, and where they're looking. You know, we we particularly chose Clutch only because that is where a lot of our our current clients and you know prospects go to 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 see what we're all about, and we are getting you know direct leads from there. However, you know, it's not to say that we're not going to expand to things such as, you know, more uh, high level platforms like Google or uh, social media, maybe Facebook. But we need to really, you know, hone in is where's our audience, where's our prospects going to be looking for us, where are they going to be researching us, and are we going to make a, a big splash there? Because even if it's just like a quick look, like if they go onto Google and they see you, 
and or they're doing a search and they're on Google and you pop up as an opportunity and they start to see your ranking, even if it's just like whatever your star rating is, they don't even get into the details. They're most likely going to click and continue to look a little bit further and dig a little bit further only because they, they've gotten that glimpse. So you need to understand where your audience is. If there's a platform such as Clutch for, for recruits, you know, you do want to look at Glassdoor because Glassdoor is where future employees are probably going to be looking to find out about who you are and the, the value that you provide to your employees and the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, so if that is your audience, meaning future employees, then you need to look where your future employees are looking for your information. Uh, and it could even be some, you know, job application platforms as well. One more thing I just thought about to add to, to the, like, what contributed to the success. So when marketing, we use the term trigger moment. Like, what is the trigger moment in mm -hmm. terms of asking somebody to do something? Well, we've identified the trigger moments as when we get an email back, an account manager gets an email back from a client that says, thank you so much. We're so happy. This worked great. We kind of do that, that Wolf of Wall Street quote, which is, can you say that again, just the way you said it exactly like that, but just do it on this network and send them an email. And, you know, honestly, I think it's 10 out of 10. They're all willing to do it. They just need to be asked. And I think to Jennifer's point, that goes straight away with employees. I mean, if an employee's just, you know, uh, sends a note. Uh, Jennifer sent me a really nice note the other day and said, you know, thank you for being such a great boss and leader. And, you know, at that moment, I probably should have said, would you mind saying that just the way you just said on Glassdoor? But those trigger moments were really important because that stuff comes, it's like, that's the opportunity. And then it just kind of fizzles out. And then if you were to ask for it again, it's not top of mind. So I would say that was a big part of success too. Yeah. And one thing, I mean, working with you, with you and the team, um, seeing the difference on, you know, how Ben, Jen, Ben and Jen, um, how the two of you approach this from a team standpoint versus some of the other agencies that I work with, it's a team. And what I mean by that is in prior experiences, I've worked with individuals and it's, hey, this is what we need. Here we go, go do it. But I love how you involved your account managers in this process. You made them included in the process. So now when they get those messages, they're sending that because they know it's there. When a new review comes through, you highlight it to the whole team. Um, to me, I mean, you're you're letting them all know how important it is. And, and that's such a difference. And, and I would credit a huge piece of the success as well. Well, and what that does when it comes back around is you can't even buy it. I mean, so look, when we get a positive review and account manager, does, so let's say somebody says, hey, we had a great experience. The account manager asked for a review. We get a positive review. What you don't see behind the scenes, like underneath the iceberg is that we're like sharing that in Slack channels, jumping up and down and high-fiving like, oh my gosh, here's a public recognition. And what that does for camaraderie and culture is like, you know, that's really not something you can replicate any other way in my mind. Yeah, that's so true. We're always so quick to harp on, hey, we got a client email that said this was later, that was delayed, but it's the positive that's really the more binding. I love it. I love it. Okay. So this is my, my final question that I typically ask everyone at the end, and I'd love to, to hear your feedback, but there's also, Jen, I want to grab another joke from you when you have a moment, but what are in your guys' opinions, any like quick tips, um, just one thing someone could do today, um, either agency or B2B to kind of like take control if they're looking down and either realizing they have a really crappy reputation because from all your talk, they've now just gone and looked at their own glass door or they're just looking to kind of get into the space a little bit. 
My first piece of feedback would be just to search for yourself and look at what's out there on the networks. I mean, I can't, I can tell you honestly that even like three weeks ago, we had a presentation to a client that's a great client of ours. And we had to show them some of the stuff that was out there because they didn't have a chance to look at it. And it's not mainly that's the reason is because there's somebody responsible for that or there's somebody responsible for the marketing, but that's not part of what they're looking to do. But that transparency doesn't flow all the way through to maybe the CEO or other people at the organization. And so I think it's like to the point where it's a team effort, you know, reviews and reputation is pretty much a team effort to everybody to uphold that and say that this is something that matters to us. So my first tip is to literally search as your audience, like unbiased, just go through it as if you're maybe one persona would be a potential recruit and one persona is a potential buyer of the services and just try and see what you would see if you were looking to evaluate this your own business. Um, just with a complete, you know, objective lens. Good. What about you? I'm thinking for, for me, um, talk to your team, talk internally, talk to your sales reps, talk to your support staff. If, if you do have a support staff, talk to the people that really have direct communication with your clients every day. Um, don't wait for something to show up online necessarily. And, you know, maybe be a bad review online. Um, if you can address it before it happens, great. If you're finding that there's a common theme, again, like we mentioned before, address those as well. And that's both with your clients and, and with your team internally. So I would say just get feedback from your team first, in addition to what Ben just said, um, and, and understand what they're hearing and then act upon it as needed. You make a great one-two punch because your strategies, I mean, the whole conversation, everything you say complements each other so well. <laughs> awesome. Jen, putting you back on the spot, we're gonna start and end. Do you have another joke for us? Can you give me some music? Do, 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 do. I have one, but I was trying to come up with something that was for summer. The wonderful it. elevator, my best interpretation of elevator music. This is where you Please take post a the review of Chelsea's humming, please, at the end of the episode. What? If, if anything, it's worth subscribing to the show to hear that. <laughs> All right. Um... I guess I can, it's, it's a summer joke, so we've got to do it. it. It is the second day of summer. It definitely is the second day of summer, so we can, we can definitely look at it this way. Okay, um, what do you call a Labrador at the beach in July? A hot dog. <laughs> there you go. This has just made me realize I'm terrible at either jokes or riddles or both of the above. <laughs> But um, I really, truly can't thank you both enough for getting on the show today. Uh, we'll have obviously the website um, and your contact information in the show notes. But if anyone wanted to reach out to you, either pick your brain further or just learn more about the, the services that you can provide, what's the best way to reach you? Uh, definitely through our website, creativemms.com. I always send people there because we want you to see what we do and, and how we do it and you know read up on some of the content and case studies. We've got a great resource library. We love our resource library. We actually have deployed it for many clients because it's a great way to organize content, put it out on a website in a way that helps your content attract audience. But I would say start there, uh, read up, use some of the templates and things that are out there, white papers that are out there. Uh, and then obviously from there, if you live chat us or call us or email us, we will be back in touch. But um, yeah, 
That's right, Scott. And I definitely can't credit or can't say enough about the resource library. I know you guys put a ton of work into it, but it is pretty amazing on, on how it just gives such an a great understanding of the work that you provide through examples um, in like very easily to understand quick little snippets. It's, it's pretty awesome. That's all Jennifer. She's the best. I only but, learned the best, Ben. <laughs> well, and if you are interested in what their services are like, as, as you've heard on the show, head on over to their clutch page with all five-star reviews from their very happy clients of, of the work that they provide. But Ben, Jen, thank you guys both for, for being on the show today. I really appreciate your time and, and all the expertise that you shared. Thanks. Thanks Don't for forget to follow us on social media. Yes. And Facebook. Thank you for listening. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. Before we go, I want to thank the sponsor of our show, Rhino Reviews. Rhino Reviews can help your business with all your review generation and reputation management needs. If your business could stand to benefit from a strong online presence, and let's be honest, who can't? Visit us on the web, rhino-reviews.com to learn more about what we can do to help. Until next time, don't forget, nine out of 10 buyers Google a business and decide to buy because their reputation matters. Thank you.